Um, so yeah, as Darren said, uh, we're continuing in our series on the, in uh, looking at different aspects of the gospel, uh, and this morning we're looking at uh, reconciliation. Uh, so when I talk on a topic, I normally like to start with uh, a story about my personal experience of the thing that is that I'm talking about. Uh, but when it comes to reconciliation, for fairly obvious reasons, I don't think it's appropriate to be too specific. So uh, I will uh, talk in ge- kind of general terms uh, before we uh, kind of get uh, stuck into the Bible uh, and what the Bible has to say about it. So for me, uh, reconciliation, uh, when it happens, uh, come, always comes as an absolutely huge relief. Uh, I find uh, unresolved conflict very stressful. Um, And when uh, you get together with somebody who you have a disagreement with uh, and you work it out, you work it through, uh, you hear their side and you bring your side uh, and you work a way forward. And there's that sense of peace and restored friendship and togetherness. Uh, It's a huge relief. um, And uh, there's just that amazing uh, sense of uh, peace uh, that you get from that restoration, uh, for that reconciliation that you, you achieve. Um, so reconciliation, very obviously, uh, is a good thing. But I want to, uh, this morning, look at uh, how it's also a God's thing. Uh, and as I prepared uh, for this morning, I looked at uh, a number of uh, different passages around the Bible, looking at the theme of reconciliation. And... Um, I've just been particularly grabbed at the moment uh, in this kind of time uh, by looking at Genesis. Uh, And each passage that I looked at about reconciliation, it kept pointing me back, either directly or indirectly via the kind of themes addressed, uh, to uh, the story of Jacob. And uh, if you want to follow this, uh, we'll be looking uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 25 through to 32. That's an awful lot of material, so don't worry. Uh, I won't be going to uh, too much detail on a lot of it, but uh, uh, those are the chapters if you want to follow up uh, reading this this story more in full uh, afterwards. uh, Those are the chapters to go to. I think, uh, so this is a story about uh, families. Um, And I think uh, family uh, difficulties are common to everybody. Everybody has, uh, there isn't any family where uh, everyone gets along all the time. Uh, Kids fight um, and, uh, you know, that kind of uh, of disagreements uh, crop up from, from, from then right through the rest of life. Uh, I remember uh, being told, uh, I was, I'm too young to remember this, but uh, when I was very young, Uh, My uh, sister and I used to fight uh, in the back of the car and my dad got so fed up with this. Um, He's quite a good carpenter uh, and he got a big sheet of MDF, cut it into the right shape to fit uh, down the middle of the of the of the um, uh, the the central seat. Uh, And it stopped us. uh, You know, hitting each other, but the toys still flew over the top, apparently. Uh, But um, there we go. That was a, a story from my, from my family. Uh, Jacob uh, was a twin. Um, he and Esau uh, were at another level of conflict. Um, his mum, Rebecca, actually asked God uh, about what was going on because before they were even born, uh, they were fighting inside of her. 
And uh, God uh, answers her and uh, says, uh, you know, speaks into, into that situation. And as uh, Jacob grows up, uh, he, um, he continues to fight uh, with Esau. Uh, Esau was the firstborn of the two twins uh, and therefore had the birthright. And Jacob cheats him out of that uh, by waiting until uh, a time when he's very hungry. He's been out hunting. Uh, he comes back. Uh, Jacob's been at home for this time uh, and has made a lentil stew. And uh, Esau uh, sells him the, 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 uh, the birthright in exchange for this lentil stew and a bit of bread. Um, Later on, uh, when their father Isaac uh, is dying, uh, he's going blind um, and he says, I want to, uh, my son, I want to, uh, to bless you to Esau. Uh, please, can you go out? Um, Esau was a hunter. He would go out. Uh, please, can you go out and prepare me a, a, a final meal and uh, then I'll give you my blessing. And uh, uh, Jacob chooses to deceive uh, his father uh, with the, his, his mum gets involved as well. Um, he dresses up as him um, and uh, presents a, a stew to him that then gets, gets the blessing of uh, the firstborn. Uh, and Esau, quite understandably, is furious about this uh, and swears to kill him uh, once uh, dad is, is, is passed away. Uh, and at this point, Jacob runs away. Um, he's, uh, he knows that he's, he's done for it. He, he sort of gets his hands on him. Uh, and uh, so he runs off. And he's the third generation of God's chosen family. Abraham's his grandfather, and God gave a promise to Abraham uh, that he would have descendants like the stars in the sky, and through him all uh, nations would be blessed through his offspring. Uh, and that promise was renewed also to Isaac. Um, God says, says the same to him. And now God appears to Jacob and makes the same promise uh, to him. And uh, this time it comes uh, a little bit differently. Uh, so he says, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And again, through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. So I wonder if you receive such an incredible uh, promise, uh, what your response would be. Jacob's response uh, is in Genesis 28, uh, verse 18. And uh, personally, I think this is quite shocking, but here we go. Um, so it says, early in the morning, Jacob took up the stone that he put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel. Bethel means house of God, uh, which uh, the name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So I think this is quite shocking because uh, Jacob gets this incredible, unconditional promise from God. God just says, I am going to give you this blessing. And then Jacob responds uh, by making an if-then statement. So he's, he's, make, he's saying, I'm making a business deal with you, God. He's in a terrible position right now. He's just run away from his family. He's got nothing. And he's saying, you know, if you'll give me uh, bread to eat and clothes to wear, and uh, restore the relationship with my family, 
um, then if you can do all that, God, then like, yeah, you've proved yourself, you'll be my God. And uh, by the way, I'll buy this with 10% uh, of everything that I've get given. Um, he hasn't got anything at the moment. Um, so he's saying, of my future blessing that you're going to give me, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give some back to you. It's, a, it's like a, a transaction that's going on here. And, but God's response here um, is to keep the promise that he's made. This would not be my response. If I was, uh, if I was in God's position here, I would say, uh, if you think it's so great, then off you go, um, work it out. Um, but um, God is not like that. Uh, and he says, uh, I will honor my promise. And he, he blesses Jacob. So Jacob runs off to, uh, from his family to his uncle, uh, his uncle Laban, uh, and while he's there, God makes a point of specifically blessing Jacob and not his uncle. So Jacob works very hard for his uncle, um, and he does get blessed uh, materially. Things get are a bit tricky between them, uh, but God uh, enables him to start a family. Um, and this blessing that comes uh, to Jacob in this situation eventually really annoys Laban's family. Um, and they get, they're, they're pretty cross with him, and Jacob decides once again he's going to run away. So he runs away, uh, he takes all the livestock, all of the kind of material blessing that God's given him. He takes his wives, uh, again, that God's given him, and the kids that he's got by this point. Um, and Laban pursues him. Um, and you can imagine that things aren't going to work out very well for him. This, uh, this Jacob is not painting himself as a very likable character at all by this point. Um, but uh, neither is Laban, to be fair. Um, God protects Jacob, though. He appears in a dream to Laban and says, um, don't lay a hand on him. You're not to hurt him. So even though uh, Jacob has treated God in this way, God is still kind uh, and still uh, protecting of him and still keeping his promise. So when Laban catches up with him, they do have an argument, but they end up making a deal. So this is the reconciliation uh, that Jacob works out for himself. We're talking about reconciliation this morning. Uh, this is Jacob working out uh, the best that he can do of striking a deal. And they, they do it by essentially drawing a line and saying, you know, you go one way and I go the other way. Uh, in their culture, that involved building a, a small kind of tower uh, of rocks uh, and they, they, make a, they, they eat together and that's all part of the, the kind of cultural process of that. And then they say, you know, we're going to not harm each other. Um, we're going to keep apart. And Jacob does uh, a pretty uh, good deal for himself there, uh, but then finds out uh, that uh, his brother has found that he's now left the protection of Laban um, and is out there, you know, for the, for the catching, as it were. And he's actually got, got uh, 400 men with him, and they're looking uh, to kill him. So, uh, as you can imagine, Jacob is... Uh, pretty distraught by this. He's, he's, he's panicking, to be honest. Um, he divides up his family uh, to maximise the chance of some of them escaping. If Esau attacks one group, then the other, group could, the other groups might be able to get away. Uh, he sends them on ahead. He, um, 
he tells his uh, his servants to present gifts. He sort to try and you know buy his favour, win win him over as uh, as it were. Um, and he sent all of them ahead, and he finds himself sleeping alone under the stars, once again uh, with nothing. And he prays and he asks God for help. So this is in uh, Genesis thirty-two, uh, verse starting at verse twenty-three. He took them, sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. Excuse me, I lost my place there. Uh, There we go. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. So we have this quite remarkable encounter that Jacob has uh, with God once again. And it's, let's be honest, it's quite weird. Um, God is not prepared to answer Jacob's prayer. His, uh, Jacob's asked for, for help. He's panicking. Esau's going to kill me. Please, God, will you help me? Jacob, God's saying, I'm not just going to sort you out, send you on your way to carry on as you were. But God does remain faithful to his promise to sustain and to bless Jacob. So as, God, as uh, Jacob is then able to prevail uh, as, as he uh, wrestles with God in this uh, in this this situation, so Jacob has been busy, uh, kind of looking down. I think it would be fair to say um, he's working really hard to get his promise. Uh, he's got he's kind of made this business deal with God. Uh, he's saying, "I'm gonna. Uh, you said you're gonna bless me. I'm gonna work really hard so that I can get this blessing." Um, you know, the way that he's, or he always has. Uh, and he's looking down, um, getting on with it, uh, doing the stuff. His grandfather, Abraham, who receives a very similar pro- promise, uh, prayed and looked up and believed God. Although uh, we read his, in his story, his faith did waver. He's commended uh, for his faith um, uh, later on in the Bible. But Jacob had never really believed God. Uh, He looked down, he played tricks, he schemed, and he worked hard to make the content of the promise his own. So as I kind of thought over this a situation and this these scriptures i was asking god what what is it that this is clearly the key moment in jacob's life but what is it what is actually going on here and uh, i felt god say to me uh, the, i want you to look up the meaning of the words wrestle okay i thought okay that's weird why would just means 
they wrestled, surely. But then when you actually look it up, the meaning of the word um, is to get dusty. So what's going on here in this meeting of Jacob with God uh, is God is rubbing literally Jacob's face in his promise. He's saying, this is what you were made for. Look at it, that you were made, that your descendants would be like the dust of the earth. And here he is with God rubbing him in the dirt, saying, this is your promise. I have given it to you. It's not something that you have to work to get. The reconciliation that you so desire is something that is a gift from me. So stop playing the probability, stop making your own luck, stop getting your own blessing. And Jacob wrestles, uh, God wrestles Jacob to the point of exhaustion, to the point where he's got nothing left except to ask God again for the blessing. This is Jacob, God giving Jacob this, uh, an opportunity to reset, to start again, to wipe the slate clean. Um, and God graciously gives his blessing along with a new name and a limp to remind him of this moment. This is Jacob getting reconciled with God. He's choosing to trust God with his life and with his future. The thing is, as the sun comes up, he's still got Esau and these 400 blokes that are out to kill him still come in for him. And God proves himself faithful in this too. Esau does receive the gifts that Jacob sends, but when they finally meet, this story, you need to read it after this, I don't have time, but um, when they finally meet, they embrace. And Esau says, I don't want the gifts he, he, wants, he wants the reconciliation with his brother. So Jacob's reconciliation, his best efforts with Laban were this kind of no harm situation where they go their separate ways. God shows Jacob how much more reconciliation can be than that. Jacob has never had a good relationship with his brother since before they were born. And here they are embracing in this dusty place with Jacob having realized what his promise really means. And Esau saying, I'm, I'm counting you as my friend now when they have been enemies. This is what the fullness of reconciliation looks like. So what does this mean for us? I think uh, God speaks promises over us and our future and our life uh, because uh, we are uh, descendants of uh, Jacob through Jesus. So the offspring through whom the, uh, the, all nations will be blessed, the offspring it's referring to is Jesus. And he is the one who comes uh, as the perfect one who needs no reconciliation with God because uh, he never did anything wrong. And his posture towards us is 
we see on the cross. He's got his arms open wide and he says, come to me, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And we can know that rest and that peace when we come to him and we present our lives to him and we say, actually, God, everything up to this point has not gone that well. All of the bits where we haven't trusted you. And he always offers us a fresh start. He always offers us uh, hope and a future and we can find our inheritance in him and we find ourselves in this same line of blessing that Jacob also received. So when God asks us to trust him, two things that we can do, and I find myself identifying in this story through this, two things that we can do are to do what Jacob did and work, want it really, really badly, want that blessing, want that thing that God has said that you can have, and try and find it in ourselves to make it happen and work really hard to try and get it. And the other thing that we can do um, that we see happening in other, other stories in the Bible um, is uh, thinking that, gosh, this isn't even attainable and not even trying and focusing on other things and just being distracted. I have to confess that I do, uh, I do, do both of these. Um, but I particularly identify with Jacob in this sense of wanting the blessing of God uh, and thinking about the, the detail of it, wanting to get the job done, uh, make a plan. I hope I'm not as nasty to people in the process of that uh, as Jacob was. But I, I do find that when I have to, I really have to make a decision to look up and see God and realize that if I don't do that, I'm working my way down a line when I try and rationalize it all and pin God down. I'm working my way down a line that ends up with a wrestling match with God. So I wonder what it is uh, that keeps you up at night, that keeps you uh, wrestling with God, that challenges your faith, that makes you think, oh, I really struggle to trust you guys uh, for that thing. Maybe uh, it could be your finances uh, for your job, for your career, maybe for your kids, for your marriage, for your family or for your parents. It could even be for the church. Um, in all of these things, we can feel a sense of uh, disappointment sometimes. We can feel a sense of frustration uh, that it's not working out the way that you would like it to be. And these things can keep us up at night, wrestling with God, saying, God, where are you? And God comes to us again and he says, ask me again, ask me again, and then choose to trust. Maybe, though, you have never asked God. You've never, you maybe put yourself in the other category of saying, I just don't want to think about that kind of thing. Because of Jesus, the, the promises uh, that God gives to Jacob can be yours too. He's inviting everyone into the blessing, but we just have to ask. You can know reconciliation and blessing God's style in your life when previously all you've known uh, is the best possible outcome of Jacob's style reconciliation.
It doesn't depend on you. And I just also want to make the point that God, although Jacob comes across as this really not very likable character through all of this, God is immensely proud of him. And if you look through the rest of the Bible, uh, Jacob's name is mentioned over 300 times. And it's not because of what he did. It's because of what God did. And God says, this is the man I gave that blessing to. And God identifies with him. You can put your name there too. And you can know that freedom and that peace. So I just want to finish by uh, praying and now I'll hand back uh, to Darren. Lord, I thank you uh, that you love us so, so much. Thank you that you have all authority. Lord, thank you for your reconciliation that we have known in our lives and we can know. Lord, thank you that you give us all things graciously. And Lord, we choose to trust you again in these things where we struggle to find faith in ourselves. And we thank you that it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on you and your grace and your goodness. And whatever it is that's keeping us up at night wrestling with you, We hear what you're saying back to us. Trust me again. And we give it to you. And we trust you with that thing. Whether it's one area that I named or your whole life, you can do that today. And you are faithful. Thank you, God. Amen.